Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Riddle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Let's see, I learned two new things this week. Uh, the first thing I learned is, did you know that the Disney character with the most appearances on film is Donald Duck? Did you know that? Donald Duck is the fifth most published comic book character after Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. I actually didn't know Wolverine was going to be on the list, but Donald Duck is fifth of all time. That's crazy. It blew my mind. Another thing that blew my mind was a new model for talking about trust, which I found when working with some clients. It's actually not a new model. It's new to me, but maybe it shouldn't be because apparently it's in a book that I read a long time ago, but I just found it again. And uh, it turns out it was really helpful. Um, Laura and I bat some ideas around just talking about how trust can be built and developed in a relationship. As always, it's a very cool conversation. Stick around. I'm coming to you from mm, Santa Rosa. I don't know. It's part of like wine country. I Is think that California. Yep. I'm in California. I, I flew out yesterday morning and this is literally like an uncomfortably long girls trip. I haven't gotten to the uncomfortable part. I'm just anticipating that's going to come because <laughs> I actually, I, I can't vacation longer. If I'm with my family, I can do, I can just be anywhere for a long time. And there's some discomfort of not being in my own home, but I'm going to be gone from my family for five days and I'm supposed to just be doing me. And that's uncomfortably long for for me. I'm sorry about that. I know. I know. Right. Like, how can I help you with that? (laughs) Well, we're doing it right now. I'm working. So that feels really good. I'm talking into a microphone that I currently have shoved, not even into my own sneaker. It's shoved into the sneaker of my girlfriend. Luckily she doesn't have smelly feet and um, it's propping up my microphone so I can talk to you while I sit on the floor. Well, I really hope this recording works. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's happening in your life? What's going on? Um, any highs or lows? I don't know, really. I mean, I think, uh, some cool things are happening in my mind. Um, today's a big day for me. I get to talk to you. I get to talk to my therapist. I get to talk to one of my mentors. Wow. You're like, you like triple stacked yourself. Um, just cause I'm trying to sort through a lot of like the mess that's up in my head and, um, but okay. I feel like it's kind of exciting stuff versus sometimes it just feels sort of dark and messy and gloomy. So that, I don't know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, and then, and then was- I guess, in, I guess <laughs> on a less sort of existential plane, uh, my kid's playing uh, JV soccer for her high school, which I think is, uh-huh. you know, she plays a lot, but um, I can't even, I'm, it's a totally I'm different like, sport, you know, wait, like if you, she's, is she a freshman? She's a ninth grader. Yeah. Okay. It like scared me when you said high school. I didn't realize that she was a high schooler at this point. Yeah. She was, they, she was shopping with a friend downtown and she said this guy came up to her and they were like, Hey, look, at, he was like, look at this cactus I bought. And he started a small talk with her and, and her buddy. And they were, she was like, he was like, so do you guys go to school around here? Do you go to the UW? <laughs> and they were like, mm-hmm. they were the like, UW. um, we're in high school. And yeah. my first thought was, no, you're not. Why did you lie to that guy? But uh-huh. sure and then enough, you're like, oh man, I, yeah. uh, you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of high schoolers, I, one of my goals while I was on this girl's trip was to go shopping and buy myself some like decent clothes. Um, Cause I, it's just been a while and I kind of wanted to zhuzh it up a bit. And I went shopping in downtown San Francisco and I realized I could either look like a ninth grader 
in the clothing that is like now available for purchase for grown women. I don't know if you've noticed like the trends and the styles, but it's like crop tops and I'm a grown ass woman. I cannot wear a crop top, even if I, mean, I have a flat stomach. No, mm -mm. no, I, I'm just really struggling right now with the, with, with everything like the, the trends and I'm having a hard time either keeping up with the trends or accepting the fate. Now I understand like where the whole, I have, are you seeing what's happening right now? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You look terrible. It's rough. It's a rough, <laughs> rough. I do look terrible. I rolled yeah. out of bed for you, but you know what, ladies, if you're with me, if you're having a hard time, just like either being a mom in her like thirties, forties, fifties, and just deciding that there's no clothing out there for you other than like at the dress barn or I, I don't know. This is why we wear Lululemon because there's nothing for us. What is it? Um, what's that thing? Oh, what's that thing that my mom said? Talbot's. <laughs> Talbots? Yeah. Oh no. I no. I'm not But you know this is Talbots. my wife's job, right? My wife's job is this and they, I think no, I don't notice the fashion because she's actively in a system where they're paying attention to this thing and trying to speak to exactly what you're describing. Probably not yeah. you. You've always been a little bit like sort of out on the bottom end of their demographic, but but it's exactly the problem not they're trying to long. solve is that you know yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that there are people out there. And I think that I'm just needing to accept like, okay, I am no longer going to be like shopping in malls. I am, I am like purely like a land's end girl now. Well, good, good news like for you Talbots is there's, all, there's no malls anymore. There are no malls except for in San Francisco. And it was like crickets. It was weird. Um, anything like, oh, I had to mention this by the way. So you know, going through school and go, having supervisors now, like kind of going over like my work with couples, somebody had said like, are you familiar with like consultation and supervision? And I, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, man, I haven't been in formal supervision in a while. And then I realized this is kind of like what you can kind of be my supervisor, Zach. Like actually on a weekly basis, I speak to a really smart guy and I don't pay him money, but I get you know, sort of like his thoughts on certain things that are happening with my couples. And I think what's happening is this has just evolved into free supervision. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on both. That's me like, you know, trying to butter you up. Yeah. 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 No, what's that's happening cool. I, don't, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, I'm still learning all the time myself. Like we had, uh, we did the art and science of love just this last weekend. Um, mm -hmm. uh, not the one of course that we're teaching in October, but the one that came before it in September. October 23rd and 24th. You know, part of that process for, okay. So if you're still thinking about the art and science of love that Laura and I are teaching, here's the, here's the gig is there's a, there's two full days of teaching um, from kind of the main presenters. That would be us in October, but then there's also a slate of sort of support therapists that are there. Um, there happen mm -hmm. to be, I think six in this case, but for me this week, this last weekend, I was one of those support therapists and what they do is they help you like stay on track with the exercises, make sure you don't feel stuck and kind of move you along or whatnot. But when, when they're not working with you, we are in a, in a green room just talking to each other and we're talking mm -hmm. to each other about cases and we're talking to each other about some of the things that are coming up. And so I had kind of a fire hose experience because I'm often one of the, uh, I don't want to say least experienced, but there's a, there's a lot of experience in that room. And so we mm -hmm. often are batting ideas around. And so I get it, man, when you get, just get a chance to sit down and, and kind of hear from people who not even have done it longer, but have done it differently. Like yeah. that's, it's really valuable. And so, mm -hmm. 
So I understand. I, I appreciate being able to have those kinds of conversations on a weekly basis with you. And, um, mm-hmm. and if that's piqued your interest at all, I, I don't know, there's probably a commercial in this episode that'll tell you how to do the, the orange signs <laughs> of love with us, but yeah, it's come, it's coming up. I'm really excited. Um, and I'm excited to do it in our way, sort of like with our own spin of, Hey, here's all this really cool research and here's all these amazing exercises. And this is how, you know, you can make your relationship exponentially better uh, over the weekend, but then doing it our way, which is through our language, through our lens, through our metaphors, yeah, through our yeah. jokes, whatever it might be. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So um, you can still register. I, I mean, I hate to beat this up, but actually I don't, I think it'd be super fun to meet our marriage therapy people. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, gotman.com forward slash MTR. We'll take you to yeah, registration yeah, yeah. and then use the promo code so that you can save some money. It's uh, MTR 2021. So you can get uh-huh. 10% off, which is good. Yeah. Part of but, what's, uh, I don't know if you're sort of fishing for what to talk about today, but I guess I, am. I was sad. I was yeah. looking for some notes I made. I've been making notes like crazy um, about things I want to talk about in here, but I, I lost like three pieces of paper and you know me and my OCD. Like I know that I lost three pieces of paper right? and they all had, <laughs> no, I don't remember what's on them, but I know that those yeah. three pieces of paper have uh-huh. um, things that have just really been on my mind. But I think one that's easy, particularly with regard to this workshop is the workshop is based around John Gottman's model of what's called the sound relationship house. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound relationship house basically is the visual representation of his sort of methodology for, uh, you know, what makes a healthy relationship or a stable relationship mm-hmm. or let's mm-hmm. call it a sound relationship, frankly. Um, <laughs> and so it has all the metaphors that are built in around the architecture, right? You need a firm foundation and there's weight bearing walls and there's, you know, different, mm-hmm. uh, ways that you can sort of decorate and remodel and um, that sort of thing. But one thing that has piqued my interest lately um, is I saw something that they posted around the idea of trust and it was new to me um, Hmm. in the way it was articulated. Um, And I, I don't know if that sounds fun today. We could talk a little bit about that because it'd be interesting to hear about your ideas on trust. Consider this your personal invitation to join Zach and me for the weekend of October 23rd and 24th, virtually from wherever you call home. The Gottman Institute has entrusted Zach and I to host for the very first time in history, the Art and Science of Love Couples Workshop. This workshop was developed by the Einstein of Love himself, Drs. John Gottman and his wife, Dr. Julie Schwartz Gottman. This is a two-day live virtual workshop. It is all grounded in research on what actually keeps relationships happy and stable. We want to see for yourself why millions of couples worldwide have benefited from the Gottman Method. Look, this workshop is designed to strengthen relationships through engaging presentation. That's us. And experiential activities. That's you. And if you have a strong relationship, this workshop will provide you with the insight and tools to foster further closeness, friendship, and trust. And if your relationship is distressed, this workshop will provide you with greater understanding of your relationship and a roadmap for repair. Look, registration is limited. We definitely want to make sure that our friends of Marriage Therapy Radio snag the limited seats. Registration is only $5.99 per couple and you save 10% off when you register with the code MTR2021. So go to Gottman.com forward slash MTR. It's G-O-T-T-M-A-N 
com forward slash MTR. We're super pumped to meet you virtually and to spend a weekend sharing our favorite research, favorite stories, dad jokes, and exercises that are all proven to strengthen your relationship. Just remember to use your promo code MTR2021 to get the discount. And we will see you on October 23rd and 24th for the Art and Science of Love Couples Workshop. In the Sound Relationship House, trust is one of two weight-bearing walls. It's one of two sort of critical, essential pieces of any sound relationship. The other one is commitment. But when you talk about trust, and people say all the time, I want to I want to have more trust or I want to build trust in the relationship, um, that's obviously a noble goal. That conversation often comes up on the back end of some kind of stark betrayal. Um, right. Trust right. is usually broken around an affair or... you know, a DUI or somebody has, uh, you know, has a gambling problem that just got discovered or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those are big headline grabbing sort of trust breakers. Right. But most trust is built and diminished in the context of everyday living. It's just uh, small moments. Kind of what I talk about is every single thing you do in a relationship, every single thing you do either builds Mm -hmm. trust or diminishes trust. And it might Mm -hmm. be microscopic. Um, it might be just the slightest change, but we know how math works um, and how compound interest works that when you start to trend in one direction or another, it's really easy to accelerate that trend, um, particularly if you're not paying attention. So, yeah. But what I saw I, on the I, internet, uh, so go ahead, sorry. Well, I just think like these small little moments, it would be really helpful to give some context, like maybe some examples of like, what do you mean by small little moments? And I think we actually talked about this in a previous episode where I was using um, Susan Johnson's sort of framework of, are you there for me? Are you accessible? Are you responsive? Um, Are you engaged? And um, those are three examples of questions of like these small little moments, like texting your partner. Like, you know, I, I can go back through my phone and I can see that I have texted my husband like nine times without a response from him. And so that could be like small little moments that are kind of like, um, what do they call that? Like a, a, a million little cuts or a thousand little cuts or whatever uh, it might be. Death by a thousand paper cuts or something. Yeah. Death by a thousand paper cuts. And that's sort of like these small little things that over time, it's not like a big deal if my husband doesn't text me back today because I know he's, you know, busy and he's in his office and he's often not looking at his phone. He's looking at his screen. But then when I go back and I look at like the nine messages back after back after back, like um, of him not responding, it's like, oh, you know what? That like that compound feeling of, hey, he never texted me back after, you know, four days ago. And, and actually this is kind of a trend that sort of resonates, that hits. That's the thing that I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to feel like he's not accessible to me and he's not responsive to me. And he's maybe he's not engaged in, in me. Um, and he makes it up. I mean, I will just say like, he, he'll give me a call and say, Hey, I realized you were texting me. I was in meetings all day. What's going on? Like, it seems like there's some important stuff on your mind. Now we've rebuilt trust, but, um, I just wanted to give some context as to the small, tiny little ways in which the foundation of, you know, your partner not being there or feeling betrayed or feeling like you don't have access to them can really add up. Like you said, compound interest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, obviously, I had this, uh, I had this couple I was actually talking to yesterday and we were talking about this idea of trust and how he is going through a particularly challenging time at work. It's very specific. It's about, it's about a transition. And because of that, he's not showing up, uh, like really fully at home. He's just not, 
not good at being at home right now because mm-hmm. his mind is at mm-hmm. work. And we were talking a little bit about that. And I said, you know, and she was like, you know, I just need to know what's going on. Like, right. I need to know that if you say you're going to pick up a gallon of milk, you're going to pick up a gallon of milk. Like I, that, that, that's even trust building, right? This is the second thing, which is when she says, hey, can you pick up a gallon of milk? And he says, no, I can't do that. And then don't pick up a gallon of milk because it's trust breaking when you say, no, I'm not going to pick up a gallon of milk. And then you show up with a gallon of milk. Oh, yeah, I remembered because she probably also bought a gallon of milk. And now you have two gallons of milk that you can't that one of them is going to go bad. Like, yes, let your yes be yes and let your no be no, because when either of those things happens and you say you say, no, I can't do this. And then you still do it. Mm -hmm. Well, it it bucks the system. Right. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and yeah. it gums up the system, which is trust diminishing. And so part of it, I think, is just making sure that your partner, that you guys set expectations together and that you follow through on those expectations, whether they're whether they're for for good or for ill. If Ryan says, hey, yeah. you can text me all you want. I'm not responding today. Then right. you can go. Right. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not it's offended by you're not responding to my text. A hundred percent true. And I like, I use this over and over and over. You guys are probably so sick of me talking about golf, but it really is like a substantial part of our life right now is like, that is my husband's, um, you know, like self-soothing mechanism. It's his way of feeling like pride about himself. It's his, it's his hobby. So he, he golfs quite a bit and we've had this talk and I'm like, Hey, I need to be able to access you while you're golfing. And he's like, Hey, I need to be able to check out from you while I'm golfing. And so it's like having that conversation. And so he said, I don't pick up my phone while I'm golfing. Like not because I don't want to hear from you necessarily. It's that I don't want to pick up my phone and see an email from work. And now all of a sudden I am not disengaged and I need, I need that time and that space. And so when he said, Hey, I'm not going to text you back while I'm golfing. I'm like, okay, I get it. And so maybe every once in a while I might get a heads up from him, but I'm under the understanding that if I text you and you're golfing, I'm not going to get a response until you're done with 18 holes and you're ready to kind of like come back and re-engage with me. And that's a, okay. I think you're absolutely right. Like your no needs to be a no. Your yes needs to be a yes. I've said this before where I have totally screwed this up where he's like, Hey, uh, it's Sunday. I'd really love to go golfing. How do you feel about me getting out on like the front nine at six 30 in the morning? I'll be done by 10 AM. Does that feel appropriate or, or okay? And when I say, yep, that feels, that feels good. That means that I don't get to guilt him or send him text messages at eight 30 saying, Hey, are you done yet? <laughs> like my yes needs to be a yes. And I yeah. need to like allow that to be a yes. Just like with me being on this girl's trip, I need him to not guilt me or, you know, like comment on my spending or whatever it might be, because it's like, you told me to go and enjoy myself. And that might mean I'm going to get a massage just so you know. Yeah. Right on. I think you should get a yeah. massage. Um, yeah. Okay. Let me, let's go back to this other thing though. Cause I want to, I want you to weigh in on, on this piece that was okay. new to me. The, 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 the meme or the, the graphic that I saw on the internet that made me start thinking about this was around how to build trust. And there were five steps and the first three feel Pretty obvious and also important, though, on the back end of some of these stark betrayals. And they were honesty, transparency, accountability. Those three were at the top of the list. Like, um, let's say there's been, um, let's say there's been a DUI and you had the kids in the car or something. Like, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty big betrayal. Mm-hmm. What would follow then would be, I need you to be honest. I need you to be transparent about your drinking, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I need you to be accountable. I need you NAA mm-hmm. or I need you like, uh, blowing on the thing, or I need you to like 
you know, give me the keys or whatever it is. Like those three things, they feel really obvious when there's a sort of a stark thing um, in kind of the day to day where there's not honesty, transparency, accountability. Maybe they're sort of given. They're just kind of like part of just the natural thing that needs to be present in your in your day. Like, okay, hey man, where are you going? I'm going to play golf. Great. Um, I remember <laughs> uh, which, you know. Ryan wants to go play golf by himself unless he's playing with Holden who has a tracker on his watch and you can be like, Oh, they're on, they're on hole three. three. (laughs) I I actually told my son this morning, I said, Hey, can you put your watch on? Because um, it just helps me feel connected to him. I want to be able to call him when I want to call him. And he goes, yeah, but don't stalk me, mom. And he like totally knows that I can see like his GPS where he's located. Anyway. Um, Okay. But the next two are the two that became interesting to me because I just hadn't seen them before. Number four was labeled ethical actions. Hmm. And number five was labeled proof of alliance. Interesting. So if I want to build trust with you, I need to be able to do these three sort of say perfectly reasonable things that, uh, that everybody could understand honesty, transparency, accountability. I mean, of course we could probably go into each of those, but, but I'm interested to know about this idea of ethical actions and then proof Mm -hmm. of alliance. Um, in terms of how to make that uh, valuable for people when they think about the generic idea of building trust, like how do, how do I, how do, I, okay. mean, I, I have ideas, but I'm interested to see what your brain does yeah. with those two phrases. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, um, and this sort of popped up in my office, you know, in the last six months or so, um, when you say ethical agreements, alliance, ethical actions, Ethical actions. Um, Part of me is saying, well, what's ethical to you may be different from what's ethical to me. And I I think, you know, in order to build trust, there needs to be an agreement, kind of like this commitment to one another that we are in alignment with one another that, um, and here's the example I'm going to give. It is not uncommon, believe it or not. And I uh, just sort of in the sales industry for um, men in particular, when men are together in like conference settings or like in sales settings where you are entertaining clients, you're building relationships with clients. It is like still, it's, it's kind of blew my mind, but I'm just saying it is still not uncommon for men to take other men to strip clubs or places where women are not wearing clothing. This is something that I like recently was like, Oh, i kind of thought that was like, you know, a thing of the past, but it is not. And so when I think about ethical agreements, um, it's that conversation of, Hey, how do you feel about this? And, you know, if it's a male partner, um, who's, you know, taking male clients to strip clubs to entertain, he might say, yeah, I know it's kind of shady, but you know, here's the thing. Like I kind of sit back, I buy drinks for the guys that, you know, they, they, they buy their own lap dances, Um, It's sort of like a look, don't touch thing. And I feel okay about it. And it's like, okay, um, I understand you feel okay about it, but I don't feel like we're in an agreement about what is ethical in our relationship. And having that agreement seems pretty important to talk about that. And sometimes you don't butt up against these ethical agreements until you've already overstepped or you've had some kind of a betrayal, like a disagreement in what was ethical. That's kind of where my brain goes. Yeah. How do you know what's ethical unless you've talked about it? It's funny when you um, were talking about that, I was like, I, I do not live in that world. I have never lived in that world. I have no idea what that world is like. Like, I I don't even, I was with some friends uh, a couple of years ago um, that I went to high school with. We were 24 or five years out of high school. 
and we were all sitting around, we were just talking and sharing war stories. And uh, they started telling me about high school and <laughs> some of the stuff that they were a part of. <laughs> and I was just like, uh-huh. I do not think I went to the same high school as you. I like, I don't, yeah. I don't remember any of this stuff, yeah. which was like, yeah super sketchy and fun and mm-hmm. sexy and like, like mm-hmm. out of bounds. And I was like, I, I must've been like on, on the, uh, like the PG version soccer. of the high school you went to. Yeah. Playing soccer. And you know, yeah. well, in, these were my the soccer buddies. Choir. These were my soccer buddies. And I was like, I was like, wait a second. What? That, I thought that was a, and they were like, mm, no, that was this other thing. I was like, geez, yeah. Louise, I was the most yeah. naive little kid, but um, me too. I tend to think that like ethical action what I've come to understand in my head is independent of my relationship with you. I want to be able to look at you and go, you're a good person. You're a Mm -hmm. trustworthy person. Like I want to know, like even if it would take like this sort of sales environment metaphor and go, I want to know that when I'm watching you interact with your colleagues or your sit or your clients, you're behaving ethically. Um, Mm -hmm. Because when I can watch you do that out in the world, I can believe that that's going to translate inside. If I watch you, come home oh, from your yes. sales event and you're like, I totally, I totally sold this guy 5,000 worth, 5,000 worth dollars worth of stuff for $5 million. Uh-huh. You can be like, Oh, if you're willing to do that to him, like why yes. wouldn't you do that? I feel like that's where it begins to, to come into play is this idea mm-hmm. of, I want to be able to look at you and the way you live your life mm-hmm. and just notice that you behave ethically. And there's kind of this phrase, right? Like, you, you sort of, you are who you, who, who you are, who you are when nobody's looking. Exactly. Yes. Or something like, yes. but, but, but as partners, as spouses, we have this ability to look all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah, we see, we see it all. It's, I mean, that's very true. It's um, one of those things like, uh, you know, if a girlfriend, you know, comes to you and she's sort of gossiping and talking poorly about other people behind their back and sharing details that she probably shouldn't be sharing with you. And then you're sitting there and you're like, oh, you're kind of wondering, should I share my personal stories with this person? <laughs> are they, are they trustworthy? Probably not. Um, oh, that's really interesting. I haven't thought about that in a really long time. It was kind of hammered into me as a kid about the idea of like, you are who you are behind closed doors. Um, like what you do without an applause, what you do without social media, what you do without people seeing your actions is who you are and how you show up in the world. So tell me about, you have the ethical and then tell me about alliance. Ethical action. And then th- this is the one that I'm actually the most interested in. It's this idea of proof of alliance. Like, how do I prove to you or how do I demonstrate to you that you're my person, that I'm allied to you, that you have mm-hmm. an ally in me? Um, I think, you know, a lot of, even this couple that was on the couch yesterday, they weren't even talking about things that were massive. It was this guy, you know, who has the work issue and he's just not quite home. It's sort of like, how do I know that you're still part of the, it's the system. How do you know, how do I know mm-hmm. that you're still reliable or that you're still, um, this is the wrong way to phrase this, but sort of worth my energy right now, you mm. know, because I got to also raise three kids and I also have to run a house and I also have to do my job. And I also have to like, how can I, and I think, you know, it raises this question of sort of how do I remind you that, that we're on the same, you know, we're in the same effort. We're on the same team. And, and I think again, if it's really stark, I mean, maybe there's a very specific behavior pattern that you have to conform to, or really that reinforces that. But in mm-hmm. kind of just the day to day, part of mm-hmm. what um, part of what people need to know is that I am securely attached to this to this human, um, 
Yeah. And there are different ways to do that, you know? Um, so that, I don't know, I that's where my brain about, started like, to go with this idea of proof of alliance. Yeah. I mean, proof of alliance, there's all sorts of little examples or big examples, but I'm thinking about like the small, simple acts that we have that like, Hey, you're my person, you know me, you're showing up in this relationship that continues to reinforce that we've got each other's back. And I think about this idea of like, hey, um, Zach, if you and I are in like a relationship, I'm aware that you have OCD, right? And so part of being in alliance with you is kind of like choosing to show up in, in a partnership with you that may not, you know, activate the OCD or maybe I allow like you to sort of like feel the sense of comfort of, um, you know, like going through your, <laughs> your three word alliteration that you really enjoy doing, <laughs> you know, or I, I just yeah, kind of totally. feel like it's part of knowing each other and just, um, you know, like my husband, I feel like every time I sit, like we were like, Hey, where are we going? Okay. Let's all get in the car together. He knows I'm going to drive. Like he knows that I'm going to get behind the driver's seat because I need to feel in a sense of control and that he's not going to ask me questions about it. He's not going to argue with me about wanting to drive, even though it's like the fast sports car that he really is like worried. I'm going to like ding the wheels up or whatever. But, um, it's because I think we're kind of showing up an alliance of like, Hey, I get it that you like a sense of control and I'm going to sort of be in alliance with you to uh, play out that sense of control in this environment. And I think um, part of me is wanting to really make a differentiation between being in alliance and being codependent. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Totally. I think, yeah. I think if I'm thinking about you guys and I'm not doing therapy with you guys at all, but uh, this is maybe the minor example that I would say, it, it, Ryan says, Hey, I need to go check out. I need to go play golf. I need to go away from you yeah, and from this yeah. house and from this, from this environment, I need to go be somewhere else. Okay. That maybe, maybe could invite you to go, Hmm, he doesn't love me or he doesn't want to spend time with me or he doesn't enjoy me mm -hmm. or am I not enough? Right. He comes home and says, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I, can I make you breakfast? Can I make mm -hmm. you a big brunch? Can I, um, yeah. or let's go do this thing. I want to tell you everything there is about, you know, blah, blah, blah. He, uh, again, it's, uh, this is, could be his generic story as well, but it's, I think the proof of alliance is saying, thank you for the thing, mm -hmm. for the freedom, for the, you know, the trust, for the mm -hmm. energy, for the, for the sex, whatever it is. And mm -hmm. here, let me, let me reinforce that I'm not just taking from you. I'm mm -hmm. also giving, and I'd like to give to you by, with effusive gratitude or with yeah. a brunch or with, um, you know, Hey, can I, you, right? Like, let's say you, Hey, Ryan, give me five days to go away with my girlfriends. I promise you when mm -hmm. I get back, I'll be so much more refreshed and ready to like, yes. lean into just blah, 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 whatever it is. But like, it's that, it's the realigning. Yes. You know, on the heels of like, I don't know, an opportunity to, to wonder or guess. Right. Mm. Yeah. I like that. This is a, it's an interesting, can you just reiterate the five sort of like facets that have to do? Yeah. With so it was, um, the top three were, uh, honesty, transparency, accountability, yeah. which I think is sort of a basic thing we ought to have yeah. with people that we're in integrated living with. Um, then the two that started getting me to think, and I'll tell you the punchline of this whole story. The two that started getting me to think were, um, uh, ethical actions and proof of alliance. And mm -hmm. so 
I'm actually working uh, with this couple, a different one, and we're working through um, kind of an affair recovery process. I recommended to them that they read What Makes Love Last, which is the book about uh-huh. trust that John Gottman has written. And um, so we're in my office the other day and I'm going through this list and I'm like, yeah, and I saw this and this is what I think. And let's talk about ethical actions and we're doing, let's do proof of alliance. She goes, oh, that's in that book that you told me to read. <laughs> and I was like, the book that I told you to read that I was supposed to probably already have read. read <laughs> she uh-huh. was like, yeah, well, I, I read it like, I don't know, 2014, I think, but right, um, right. It, it, sure enough, it's in there. So if you want to learn more, it's in what makes the last, <laughs> but, um, but, um, but yeah, it blew my mind because I saw it on the internet versus like uh-huh. I actually read it in a book five years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no no new information on the planet. It's just people like put stuff out and then they repackage it for the next eight years. And it just sort yeah. of like takes different forms or has different analogies. Um, I have something super exciting that I think I want to talk to you about later, but um, let's, let's uh, I'll save it. But I, I've just remembered something that I want to talk to you about that I learned in sex therapy school. <laughs> oh, right on. Se- I call it sex school sex school. Somebody asked me yesterday, they were like, so to, like, what is the deal? Like, what kind of letters do you have after your name? And I was like, well, Laura Heck, LMFT, CGT, and then I'll be an LCS. Oh, licensed sex therapist, license. LST. A certified sex therapist. I'll be a CST. Anywho. Hey, let's go ahead and land this plane. Well, you know what I'm doing today is after we hang up, I am, I'm, I'm doing my uh, 250th ride on my Peloton and I'm going to (gasps) get a shout out and it's going to like, um, make my whole week. That's awesome. Hey, can I just ask you a question about your medium 45? How's that going? (laughs) If you want, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously. Like how's the medium 45 going? Oh, I, uh, so I, I belong to this sort of tribe of guys and they do this thing occasionally called 75 hard, which I've always opted out of because I just, I'm not interested in sort of, I don't know. Being hard for 75 days. Yeah, totally. That's basically, that's it. Um, But I, I, every once in a while, I find myself in need of some kind of little OCD system that helps me organize Mm -hmm. my health and wellness. Uh, And so I created for myself 45 medium, um, (laughs) which, which is just uh, every day I have like five or six things that I want to check off my list. Um, which I think can I should do 365 days a year yeah, or whatever, but right now I'm out of some habits. And so um, every day I check off my list and if I have a perfect, if I check everything, I get a perfect day. Yeah. And, and then I get a text um, message as like an then, accountability. Yeah. Like, and if I don't, congratulations. if I don't have a perfect day, I don't beat myself up about it. That's actually the new skill is like not beating myself up for not having a perfect day. Um, cool. But 45, I started at 45 days ahead of our workshop, which is mm-hmm. October 20 something. Third. October. Yeah. It's in October. So, um, so yeah, that was my little marker. I had 45 days to sort of, sort of reset some of my health and wellness patterns and, um, yeah, so that I can. (laughs) So, okay. In case people are wondering, cause I was really curious. I'm like, did you come up with these yourself? And I think you probably like did and blended. Cause I don't think everybody else like in the 75 hard is flossing every day, but you're doing that. Yeah, no. So Um, flossing is on my list and there's a meditation that's on my list. I try to learn something new every day. Okay. Um, that's cool. I try to exercise every day in some form or fashion. And then I have like a, uh, like an water, right? that, uh, that I have to like, not have to, but that I stick to so that I don't eat giant bowls of ice cream at night, basically. How's that going? Have you had ice cream since you left my house? I have not had one bowl of ice cream since I left your house. Oh my gosh. No wonder the pounds are melting off of you. <laughs> I mean, anyway. I just, uh, 
I don't know. It's I get like I said, I tend to go uh, sort of sort of go all or nothing, all or nothing, which is a bad habit for me. And so that's why yeah. that's why I invented 45 medium. Yeah. It's like medium, yeah. like a sort of, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to patent it. And I'm going to make a, I'm going to advertise it and make a bunch of money off of it. And, but see, let's see, I've had, this is in the middle of week three and I gave myself a B minus the first week. I gave myself a C plus mm-hmm. the second week, mm-hmm. but only because I forgot one major part all week. And so I just couldn't give myself credit. But so far I'm having, let's see, today's day three. I'm on track for three perfect days already this week. <gasps> three out of three. So yeah. Holy moly. I'm going to get an A this week. I'm so excited. Yeah. Gold star. All right, thanks for asking. Thanks. And uh, yes, we can land this plane. Okay, let's do it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I know that we've been talking a lot about our Art and Science of Love Couples Workshop. That's mostly because we're pretty pumped on it. Um, we think it's a really, really cool way to sort of smush what could potentially be, you know, hours and hours and hours of couples therapy into an entire weekend that you get to spend with Zach and I. It's just kind of like a, a boot camp for you. Um, we are officially inviting you. We would love for you to come. Um, you can sign up by going to gottman.com forward slash MTR. There is a promo code code and it's MTR 2021 and you can save 10% off of registration. I know you're just dying to know how much registration is and off of the top of my head, I don't remember. It's less than $600. So that's all I can share with you. I'm pretty sure you're going to be pleasantly surprised and find out it's less than $500. But I, I don't know. That, like Go to go to Gottman.com forward slash MTR. Anyway, I thank you so much for all of your time and your attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.